And hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any other. I must dig my dig in the mashed potatoes. Go hog. I do not think we see Tim play again. Um, from my understanding, it's a three to four week kind of wait period before we revisit the possibility of him coming back. Of course, we're still going to miss his bat, but I don't think the world's ending. They're going to come together and like kind of do it for Elko. I'm just going to be completely biased here, but 100% accurate. If you get two, hell yeah. So I think you know I think Ole Miss gets two of three to be honest. But as always, we got to bring up the Golden Boy. Uh, yeah, I would I wouldn't hate to see JRP starting on Friday night. I would actually kind of be excited. As they say, Mississippi made. Yes, because my fix for the Elko issue is put Graham at third and put JRP in left. And I would not be surprised at all to see Auburn still two of three against Mississippi State. I could see Kentucky coming out with a, a series win there. Stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. We do have a new fishing report for uh, Lake Sardis for all the fishermen out there. Howdy. Welcome to the Bait Shack Podcast, presented by hashtag Come to the Shack. Your home for freshwater fishing tips, grumblings from the grove, big game banner, and all the chum you can feed on regarding University of Ole Miss Athletics. We're coming to you from the Land Shark Lounge on Lake Sardis, so grab a cold one, sit back, and reel in the Bait Shack cast. Welcome to this tradition unlike any other. I must dig my dig in the mashed potatoes. Go hog! Welcome to episode 45 of the Paycheck. Some might call it the Jordan Comeback episode. We've got a few anglers returning this evening. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And we're all excited, albeit nerves on edge for this weekend's series against the second-ranked hogs from Fayetteville. We'll touch on the severity of the Father Tim injury, a look around the SEC for intriguing matchups this weekend, and we'll close it all out with what's impressed or disappointed us so far, and what needs to happen or be improved upon the rest of the season. Plus, stay tuned for a special Sardis Lake fishing report if you're looking to catch some largemouth bass or catfish at Lake Sardis this weekend to pair with your pulled pork. As always, we'll pause for station identification. You're listening to the Bait Shack Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at thebaitshack underscore. And if you have any fresh bait voicemails for the group, leave them for us at 662-314-6533. Tonight on the cast, we've got the return of Joey, and we've got master anglers Kyle, Randy, and Cody, along with myself, Earl. I'd like to give a special shout-out to Kyle, who has stepped in and handled the hosting and editing over the last few weeks as I've been away. Big thank you to you, Kyle. And since I've been out, I see we've gotten some devastating news since this past Monday that Tim Elko has torn his ACL. There's still some hope, though, as he may postpone surgery and could return around tournament or regional time. With this said, do you think we'll see Father Tim take the field again this season? And at the same time, what are your thoughts on the severity of the injury? I do not think we see Tim play again. Um, I know a lot of people are holding out hope that he does postpone surgery and can play. And it's been done before. Players have, you know, they've worn knee braces before. They've played through ACL injuries, but... Man, I just don't know how effective he would be like that, uh, especially with it being his, you know, the foot that he pushes off with in the in the batter's box. I just don't know how how effective of a batter you'd be. He wouldn't be on the field at all. He would have to DH, and I, I don't know. I just wouldn't risk it. I mean, I don't think Elko has you know a high pro prospect career. I mean, he you know I'm sure he'll get drafted one day, but. It's not like you're pushing Gunnar Hoagland out there with a torn elbow. 
Um, so it's not like you're you're doing a bad thing if the kid gets to play. It really just depends on the severity of it. Um, I, I was reading online, some doctors were saying that if it's at 70%, he can probably help the team out. It really just depends on how bad that tear was. Um, and I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how bad it was. It didn't look just awful. You know, sometimes you see a guy's leg buckle and it just is sickening. But his leg really, his left leg's the one that looked worse to me. It looked like it kind of buckled and then it was his right leg that he grabbed. And so, you know, maybe, I'm not trying to give false hope. You know, maybe it's a 70%, you know, maybe he's at 75% and can play some. But me personally, I'm not expecting that. I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm just kind of looking for, you know, Trey LaFleur and Kale Baker to try and please find some rhythm here. You know, bring, just give me 75% of Elko's performance and I'm perfectly fine with you. Um, question on, and this is just my ignorance speaking, has it been reported at all if it's a full tear or partially tear torn? They didn't say, uh, Mike said it was just said torn ACL yesterday. Um, so I assume it's, probably a, t a full tear, but they didn't go into specifics of it being a partial or a fully torn ACL. Yeah. Um, so Kyle, same question to you. Um, overall, do you think we'll see him at all this year? And how severe do you think the injury really is? Yeah, I mean, kind of like how Randy was saying, I'm going to treat it as if he's not coming back as far as my fandom is concerned. Um, I just, you know, don't want to hold on to any false hope. But um, you know, from my understanding, a uh, tear is better than a strain or anything along those lines. Like Randy was saying, you can kind of play through that. You can come back from that sooner in a way before surgery. Um, I'm not too positive what to expect as far as a timetable for his return. Um, from my understanding, it's a three to four week kind of wait period before we revisit the possibility of him coming back. So that, that puts you right before the SEC tournament, right? Kind of finishing up the season, maybe Vanderbilt series. So I think we revisit it then, um, just kind of figure out more then. But, you know, like I said, just I think you got to see what the team can do without him. Um, see who steps up and who can step up. I wouldn't put too much false hope into uh, Tim returning. Um, if he does, it's, I would assume, in a DH role. I don't think you're going to be seeing him at third base with all that movement. Um, so either way, you got you're taking up a DH spot. You're gonna have someone to have to fill in in the field. So yeah, just kind of let's let's figure it out now and and not assume he's coming back. I think. And my follow up question to that, because um, you did hit on it that he would basically be coming back in probably a DH role and basically being used, you know, just as like a you know potential power hitter, home run guy, you know, late in the innings or something in, in a regional or super regional. But with that said, it's like he's probably not going to be doing a lot of batting practice or anything like that right now. He's going to be pretty much cold. How effective do you think he would even be in a DH role, you know, should he come back in, say, a month or a month and a half? I would be happy to see him come back in a DH role, um, even if he is at 70% or whatever we're thinking he'll be at, based off of the fact that we have not been able to find a consistent DH all season. Kale Baker, BVC, Calvin Harris – Nobody's been able to be consistent. We've seen a flash or two from Harris, but I believe he's still hitting about 200, maybe lower. BVC and Kale have struggled all season. Those are pretty much our primary DH guys. Um, so I'd, I would like to see him. I would not mind seeing him come back and take over the DH role, even if he is a little less um, potent with the bat. Um, and Cody, kind of change this question up to you. So basically, you know, early in the year, we saw Shotney, you know, go down with an injury that, you know, seemed kind of like it was 
you know, deflating amongst the uh, morale of the squad. Um, we saw Nikhazy miss a few starts um, also kind of earlier in the year. And now we see Elko go down, you know, kind of right now in the heart of the SEC lineup. Overall, um, of kind of these three injuries, or maybe one that I'm not even mentioning, which one do you think will be the most significant for this year? Have we already seen it? Do you think the Elko one's going to be the worst? You know, how do you think the, the team's going to shape up afterwards? Well, that one that one's kind of hard to pick between those between Chatagnier and Elko for me because Chatagnier is kind of like the spark to this team. Like, he's the light plug. He keeps this team hyped up. But Elko's a really good player. I mean, we're going to miss his bat for sure. But I really think this team's going to kind of, like, get behind each other and go out there and do it for Elko. I mean, of course, we're still going to miss his bat, but I don't think the world's ending. I don't think we're going to sit here and cancel out the fact that, oh, we're not going to Omaha now. Elko's gone. I, that's just kind of how I see it. Randy, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree. I think Elko's, obviously, in my opinion, Elko is the most important miss you've got right now. Um, that lineup without Elko is just not as good. It, it's just lackluster almost. Um, Shotney brings a lot of energy, just like uh, Cody said. Nikhazy has been really good this year, better than I think people realize. And so, you know, all three are important, but if I had to rank them, I, I'm going Elko number one most important. Um, you, you asked if there was one we haven't seen yet. Yeah, if Gunnar Hoagland goes down with an injury, that's that's your most important one. Um, he's, he's your best pitcher by far. He's been really, really good borderline dominant and he goes down you you you're in some trouble because that means you're starting to casey diamond and probably mcdaniel and that that rotation is such a step down than what you have now it can definitely get a little rocky uh, cody uh yeah i was gonna touch on the whole elko thing i know randy said earlier that his um ml mlb hopes i mean he's probably not gonna be like one of those superstar player is probably not going to play major league baseball and he's got the uh injuries dealing with now and since we get the the extra covid year i wonder i mean what y'all think about him possibly returning next year is it possible i think you have to because coming off i mean unless he just doesn't want to play baseball you know let me say that he may just want to quit and if that's that then you know that that is what it is but presuming that he does not want to just quit baseball i think you have to i don't think a team's going to take a kid you know, who's had, you know, let's be honest, a, a half of a COVID year really good, and then half of this year really good. So he's put together one good season, but now he's got an ACL injury bookending that. Um, I just don't see teams taking a flyer on that yet. If they did, it would be late rounds. It really wouldn't be worth his time. So, you know, come back and you know, see what you can do in an extra year and, you know, try to sneak into a top five round pick maybe. And Joey, to you, do you think that Elko's injury is going to put a damper on the beer showers in right field for the rest of the season? I mean, yeah, definitely for sure. I think that uh, he's been one of our best hitters all year. But overall, I don't think it's really going to affect the team that much just because even though he's going to bring uh, – he's going to, like, dampen the energy behind the team, I think they're all going to come together, like whoever said, that they're going to come together and, like, kind of do it for Elko in a way. No, absolutely. But you have a team leading nine home runs, so I think we're going to see uh, – Yeah. Maybe students save a few more beers out there uh, for the rest of the season. Which is good for my wallet, but it's not as fun. <laughs> exactly. Um, but with that, let's move ahead. Oh, go ahead, Randy, Kyle, both of you. Kyle, you go ahead, man. I was, also, I was just going to respond to what Cody was saying with the does he come back or not. I'm of the impression maybe he doesn't. I won't pretend to be a baseball draft expert, but I would assume if his slot's a little high enough, 
I would think he goes. I just I know when you keep coming back and the older you are as a college player, the lower your draft stock, draft stock is. And isn't he already a senior at the moment? Yeah. Or is he a, so yeah, I just I worry with him coming back. Who was it for state? They. Mangle? I'm happy I forget his name because yeah, thank you, Mangle. Jake. Jake Mangle. I couldn't get his damn name out of my head for five years. Wasn't he kind of a lower draft pick his senior year because he just kept coming back and by the time he finally went he was like 22, 23. Yeah, he went to the Mets. If I remember, yeah, if I remember right, he wasn't even in the top ten. So I just I feel like Elko's window's closing a little bit there, and he might want to if he gets drafted high enough, go ahead and take his chances. But well, and what hurts him this year too is because of the COVID year last year. This year's draft pool is so stocked. I mean, you've got basically two classes combined this year. Yeah. And so, you know, a tweener like Elko that in a normal year might go around 8, 9, or 10, he probably gets pushed back to 12, 13, even without the injury. Now that he's got the injury, that might drop him even more to the point of where, you know, 15th round or go back to college for another year, you know, is it really worth it to sign 15th round? And, you know, or you could go to college another year and then get drafted in the 13th of the next year. Well, also with Elko, he hasn't even played a full season. Yeah. Like, started a full season. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess if you combine last year and this year, he has, but that's not, I mean, really, yeah. that's not fair. But I mean, in like one full season. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think we have enough We have enough Elko talk. I was just going to say, maybe we move on to uh, the Arkansas series and kind of get your guys' take on uh, how you guys think this one's going to shake out. Over the last few weeks, you guys have definitely been kind of up and down on the predictions. There have been some pretty good ones and some pretty uh, pretty rough pretty rough ones. But uh, rough. <laughs> yeah. overall, uh, Cody, how do you uh, how do you see this series shaking out this weekend? I'm just going to be completely biased here, but 100% accurate. We're going to easily win two of three this weekend. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I thought you were gonna say sweep. No, <laughs> Cody I'm gonna be biased here. <laughs> but. He's like, I'm biased. Two of three. It's like, what? No, no you, you gotta let you gotta let me finish. Go ahead. I said easily two of three, but I really think Diamond's gonna show out there and pitch a gym Sunday. And oh, boo. My, my real prediction is we're gonna sweep. We're going to sweep them. We're not going to get swept. Unlike the the other Mississippi team a few miles down south. (laughs) Good clarification there, Cody. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts on this weekend? I mean, at the end of the day, as long as we get one, we're better off than uh, that team down south. (laughs) That's true. That's true. true. I'm, I'm treating it a little bit like I did with the Florida series. Make sure you get one. If you get two, hell yeah. I don't think there's a sweep coming. My my gut reaction is that we're going to lose the series, but they haven't won in Oxford since 2010. And we've won all but one, I believe, since 2011. So the odds look pretty good for us. I'm, if, if I'm sticking to that, if I'm sticking with, with my heart here, I, I think we win the series. But just with the Elko injury and everything, Arkansas has that mentality that we had last year where we just win games whatever happens they they have almost as many walk-offs as us or wins in the last at bat whatever it is they just find ways to win so that part worries me a little bit um but i don't know i hope the revs win i'm i'm hoping for a red win of course and joe your thoughts on this weekend yeah i think i'm with everybody else um i'd like to see a sweep i just don't want us to get too overly confident i think we got a little confident against florida and 
weren't really focused on that weekend, you know, the game in hand. Um, and I think it kind of put us at a loss. I know Florida's pitching was pretty spot on, but still, even this like the Saturday game, six to five, you know, you could have come back from that. But by that point, I think we were a little exhausted. So I'd like to see us come in hard, you know, get the job done. Even with the Elko out, I think we can still get it done and at least win two or three. And Randy, how how do you see this this weekend shaking out? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm laughing because it's very similar to Kyle. Um, we both said this last week about Florida, where if you get one good, that's your, that's what you have to get. If you get if you get swept, it's a disappointment, it's a failure. You get one, okay. You get two, good. If you get three, holy shit, like. So I think you know I think Ole Miss gets two of three. To be honest, I think I'm going to put my prediction down as two of three. Um, Gunner Hoagland, I, and so I'm going to give credit here. Colin Brister sent me these stats earlier, and I found these really interesting. Kyle, I shared these with you earlier. They're good stats. <laughs> yeah, they're they're good stats. So bear with me for a minute. A, After Andy reads them, you're going to think we're sweeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me let me let me get through this. This is a lot of numbers, so bear with me here. Um, because Colin likes numbers. Um, Arkansas first time through the order versus Power 5 pitching. They're batting 0.88. 0.088. Arkansas second time through the lineup versus Power 5 pitching is 0.248. So, you know, first time through the lineup, Arkansas really struggles. Second time, they get better. But here's the kicker. Gunner, the first time through versus Power 5 teams, 250 average. His second time through is a 147 average. His third time through is a 167 average. Doug, his first time through is a 182 average. His second time through is a 118 average. And his third time through, Doug hasn't given up a single hit. Now, it's only five hitters. It's only five hitters for Doug on the third, third time through. But he hasn't given up a single hit. So, your first two guys, right, your first game and your second game starters, are proven to go deeper in games. They kind of shut these offensives down. Your issue is your bullpen. How does the bullpen look, right? You know, we were we were talking what two weeks ago about how Taylor Broadway's arm was going to fall off. He hasn't pitched in a while, so he's fresh, right? He's ready for this weekend. So you've got Broadway coming out Friday. If you have to, he's available available Saturday, depending on how long he goes Friday. Um, so you've got your you're loaded outside of Tim Elko. Your team's back. They're all healthy. You have your best chance here. Like Kyle said, Arkansas hasn't won a game, hasn't won a series in Oxford since 2010. I think Ole Miss gets two of three, and I'm going to regret saying this on Sunday. I know this because I'll get called out. Kyle will call me out for this on Sunday. You know why you're no, going to regret like it? Confidence. It's Arkansas. I'll you know like why it. you're going to regret it on Sunday? Because it's sweet. It's sweet. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm not confident enough to say sweep yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think two of three. Two of three. You are what nine and three at that point in conference. I yep. mean, <laughs> I think it's going to be a very good litmus test to see what happens because Tim Elko's out, and we get two lefties this weekend. And I know a lot of guys were saying, a lot of people were saying, well, we just lost our best right-handed hitter. We've hit lefties well, um, but with we got a lefty on Friday and a lefty on Sunday, so we're gonna have to see. You know, what, what how does he shake up the lineup and how do we react? Um, that's going to be big to watch moving forward. Yeah, and Joey, I heard I heard you ask, what, what do you think this does to the rankings? Are you talking about like yeah, the I was polls? Say, yeah, like our ranking is, you know. I think you – Do you think – because Arkansas is kind of the – they're in between one and two, depending on who you look at, of course. So, 
I think he moved it two. What do y'all think? If you win the series, I think he moved it two. Yeah, you're not passing. You're not passing Vanderbilt, but I yeah. think we go to two. Because Ole Miss is what third in a lot of polls. D D one or fourth, depending on who you look at. But D one is who I use. Yeah, yeah. D one has us at three. I use D one, so they have us at three. You know, Arkansas's two in their poll. Yeah, I think you win a series, you move to two, and you're behind Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's playing Georgia. They should sweep. So you're probably gonna, you're not gonna pass them. But I feel like at the same time, if there's a sweep, it could bump us to one. Um, two out of three, you know, definitely in that two spot. Um, one win probably stay the same, and then a sweep might bump down to probably what five or six, just because that'll be two series in a row that we've gone what one and five. Cody, uh, what I thought was weird about the rankings that came out was. They didn't move us at all, but Florida only went up two spots. So I was like, it was they went up three spots. I think it was three. But still, I was like, fifteen so to twelve. I, I would think that if they would only move up to twelve, we would at least go down some. It didn't make it didn't really make much sense to me. Well, and we've talked about this before. Baseball polls are slow. They they don't react like football does, and so I think that's really just D one kind of giving us the benefit of the doubt and saying. They played a good team. They lost the series. Oh, they Ole Miss didn't get they didn't get embarrassed, right? They just lost. They just lost two games. It's not not a bad loss. You just kind of excuse that and bump Florida up a little bit. Well, I didn't think we should drop any, but I figured I, I think Florida's better than twelfth in the country. I think so too. They haven't played it though. They haven't played yeah, that well. That's true. I, I, will... I, I agree with you guys. I did think it was funny because South Carolina won two out of three against Georgia. Also moved up three and. Tennessee won two out of three against um, Alabama. They moved up three. You would think that beating us two out of three holds a lot more weight than beating a Georgia or an Alabama two out of three. I agree with Cody. That was a little weird to me. I think it's just, I mean, what's Florida's, uh, they're five and four in conference. Well, they swept Carolina, so I think that's where the pause comes from is that they don't want to have them jump a team. They got swept by, yeah. They got swept by, yeah. So they don't want to have them jump a team that they got swept by. That makes sense. Tennessee moving up that high. I know UCLA dropping out the bottom. I think that probably helped, but that was a little surprising too. But hey, SEC, more power to us. Hey, two of those teams play each other this weekend. Tennessee and Florida. Where are they playing at? Tennessee. So, question. Um, Obviously, there's some hesitation on calling for the uh, outright sweep. Uh, But as always, we got to bring up the golden boy. And I think that there's kind of been a little bit of conversation of maybe seeing him see the field a little bit more often. He's definitely kind of brought his average up, you know, over the last month. He's definitely, you know, been a little bit more effective at the plate than I think Randy likes to give him credit for, uh, especially in the past. (laughs) But at the same time, um, would you guys rather see JRP starting over Leatherwood more often versus on matchup days and, and stuff like that? I kind of want to see him play against one of these lefties this weekend. Um, I don't know what Leatherwood's splits are at the moment off the top of my head, but judging by his 223 average and just the fact that he's kind of looked sloppy at times, strikes out a lot, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind seeing JRP with a shot this weekend um, with one of those games, definitely, just to kind of see if there's a spark and to get another right-handed bat in the lineup. Cody, um, but your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't hate to see JRP starting on Friday night. I would actually kind of be excited. JRP, I mean – He's gotten a lot better. I mean, a lot better from last year to now. Even as the season has gone, he's gotten better. And he's, he kind of brings a, another excitement. He's kind of a spark plug, kind of like 
uh, not Leatherwood, Chatagnier is. But um, Leatherwood, he hasn't... I, I mean, I think me and Kyle talked about Leatherwood possibly being the break a breakout player in this lineup this year, and he hasn't... He has not looked good so far, and I'm pretty disappointed in that. So, I mean, I wouldn't hate to see Plumlee out there at all. Joey, your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I'd definitely like to see JRP just because he's a good guy all around. You know, he loves Ole Miss. He's, as they say, Mississippi made. Um, but he's definitely I, – I do think he's definitely gotten better just in general as an athlete from – he's grown since he's been here. So, yeah, I would like to see him play a lot more. And he's definitely improved a lot on his hitting. That's my biggest thing that I'd like to see about him. Sorry. It's raining really hard here. I'm trying to get okay. All right, man of the hour. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I know right, what so this is about. Did you catch any of that question? I heard Golden Boy. Um, I assume I assume you're asking if he should play. Yeah, basically, should he play a little bit <clears> more <throat> often? Maybe should he right get answer. more starts over Leatherwood uh, for this weekend? God, I'm gonna hate myself. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! I said it. I, this is huge. This is huge. So for from the L- wait, we are recording, right? We're we're getting this on recording. <laughs> I yeah, hope we, so. We have this on tape. I have <laughs> this on repeat this weekend. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's uploading my recording. I hope he's got this. Um, <laughs> yes, because my fix for the Elko issue is put Graham at third and put JRP in left. Um, that that's kind of my fix there. Um, I hate I hate to say it. He's a good defender. He's been better at the plate than some of these other bombs, and so I think I think I do it. Oh, I hate it, but I hate it. Well, I do. So much. I do have to say I'm a little surprised you calling him a, a good defensive player because I, I do believe it was a few episodes ago um, you were chirping him pretty hard, saying that you had a better <laughs> uh, uh, break on the first first ball off the bat than uh, JRP does. So uh, I do. It's, it's good to see you giving him a little bit more credit here too. He struggles off. He struggles reading ball off the bat. That is a, a really bad thing. But he's fast. He makes up for it. Um, it's almost like I don't my, think we have an outfielder that reads balls well off the bat. We, we don't. Sure. We don't. And that's what I was saying. McCants can't read a ball off the bat either. But he's an inf- he's an infielder. He's an infielder yeah. playing outfield. I excuse him. JRP, you've been an outfielder the whole time. Learn how to read a ball. Um, he is solid. He's a solid defender because he's fast. He can cover ground. He's better than what else What else you have. I mean, I hate to say it. God, why has it come down to this? Um, one of the – one of the we talked injuries earlier. An underrated injury is Jerry and Ely because we could use him in the outfield right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd rather see him over JRP. But. When did he get hurt? Last week. When was that? How bad we're missing him. Uh, like football season. This is I like right after. He hadn't played at all? I thought he had played at least some – at some point, year, no, he's but been maybe out not. well before the season even started for shoulder surgery, I believe. Um, Cody, you yeah. had your yeah. What's up? Yeah, I, I was. Randy was talking about how uh, McCants is an infielder and all of that. I would love to see the numbers on like over the years how many people that play outfield for Ole Miss were actually outfielders. Not many. Mike is great at flipping those infielders down. I know. <laughs> Will like, Golson, Ryan Olenek. <laughs> Kevin Graham. I mean, he's Justin a first Bay, baseman. It <laughs> doesn't. He's not, he's not fast. He does, doesn't have a good it arm. It seems like we have a ton of first basemen, too, though. Like well, Everybody's gotten a chance to play first base. Yeah. Yeah. 
We got one red started. That's funny because that was the position we were deepest at, and that's the one that just keeps getting out. It, it, speaking of that, Cody, you brought up Kemp Alderman, who's redshirted. It really makes me wonder: is he bad? Like, why is he not playing? Like, you're you're losing depth at first base, and then you have a freshman redshirting in a free year. That doesn't make sense to me, anyway. And does that actually count for a redshirt, or is that just for seniors to come back? He could. I think he can. The way I understand it, they all get an extra year of eligibility, but they use it at their, after senior year, they can use it. So, like, Chatagnier, like Chatagnier, for example, is a sophomore, but he can use his extra eligibility after his senior year if he wants to. So, could Kemp possibly have six total years, including his redshirt year? The way I understand it, yes. Dude's going to be here when we play Purdue. Yeah. Dude's going to be here when he's, like, 25, just mashing balls. But uh, I don't know, I guess speaking of Purdue, because that's kind of a pretty wild one out there. But um, overall, any intriguing matchups around the SEC that you guys are going to also have your eye on this weekend? I'm actually very intrigued in Mississippi State going to Auburn. Going to Auburn? Yes. Yes, I'm very intrigued in that one. Auburn had a very good chance to sweep Arkansas this past weekend. And I would not be surprised at all to see Auburn still 2 of 3 against Mississippi State. That's a good point. State doesn't look great. Yeah, and Auburn just got some pieces back. I know they got Leftwich back, and um, they might have Fitz back. I'm not positive on that or not, but they've looked better since they got a little healthier. I know for me, Randy, you said, of course, the the Florida-Tennessee game, that's, that's going to be a great series. But for me, I really like the Kentucky-LSU series. Um, LSU being really down this year, one and eight in the league to start. And then Kentucky started really well. I think they were five and one and they just got swept by state. Um, that's a really interesting series for me in Lexington, Kentucky with a lot of big bats on their end and LSU just got, um, the news that Jaden's going to be out for the year. So they're struggling a little bit, um, on their end of things. So I, I could see Kentucky coming out with a, a series win there. Joe, anything for you? Um, I was going to say no. Um, no. I got a bunch of friends coming to town, so I'm going to be pretty trashed all weekend. So, no. It's all Arkansas. I'm not going to be watching baby. anything else. It's Ole Miss all weekend. That's it. Yeah. You going you you gonna to be at the games? Oh, yeah. I'll be there. I already awesome. got my tickets and everything. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Right field or? Uh, yeah. My mom is coming to town, so might score some, like, decent seats for at least one of the games, but. I want to be in right field because that's where all my buddies are going to be. Nice. That'll be a, that'll be a solid, solid weekend. Have you been out since everything's been filled up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To the games? A lot. A lot, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been to – I'm trying to think how many – I've been to every at least one every weekend. I, I haven't been to a midweek game yet, but just because of schools – sucks right now nice would you say that the uh atmosphere is a little bit more rowdy than even say like a couple years ago just because it's like more excitement to be actually back or just kind of somewhat the people that are there have a lot of fun are there as many people as normal no but so it is still a little lower than it's what you would think well and i think i think this weekend they kind of secretly opened it up because when i was getting my tickets they Finally, Ole Miss started deciding to use a queue to send you onto the server instead of 
just letting everybody, just letting the floodgates open and everybody get on at 8 o'clock or whatever in the morning. And the whole website crashes and then you can't buy tickets and whatever. So they started using a queue and it had a notice on there that there were only 2,500 seats available in right field. So I don't know how many people are usually allowed in right field, but I had not seen a number up until Monday of 2,500. And I feel like that's more than whatever, what did we say it was originally? Was it 25%? The beginning of the year, I think twenty. Yeah, That's which was I think going to be like roughly like thirty one hundred total. And I just don't. I mean, I guess. Oh, maybe okay. Because I was going to say, it didn't feel like twenty five hundred was um, twenty five percent. I didn't feel like there would be like ten thousand seats in right field. So no. it sounds to me 2500 like twenty five hundred sounds pretty. It sounds about pretty the same. full I'm capacity. Sure to people me. pack That's in a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, that'll be awesome intriguing matchups around the sec for you this weekend um so i gotta defend myself first it seems like there's a tornado coming through oxford right now the way the internet is acting i switched over to a hot spot we're gonna see how that works um this is all around a bad time right now um on wednesday night i hope the tornado hits the links just just take me with you um so if i'm looking we're we gonna get any more thunder in matchup, the background I hope. I know that was soaring um, last time, but yeah, that was soaring last. That wasn't <laughs> me. Cool. I haven't heard. I haven't heard much thunder. I haven't seen much lightning either. But it's raining really hard, and there's a lot of wind. It just lightning um, really bad outside my house, but um, yeah, I haven't really heard. AT and T can't. AT and T can't handle a good day, much less a stormy <laughs> day. Um, so buy your internet from someone besides AT and T. That's an anti-sponsor. You're welcome. Um, so good matchups. Y'all, y'all said them all. Kyle said it, said too. Uh, Tennessee, Florida is the one I'm looking to watch. You know, highly ranked teams. Number six, Tennessee. Number twelve, Florida. Um, I'm interested to see if LSU can kind of pull out some wins here against Kentucky. Like Kyle said, they've started off the season really bad. I mean, one and eight. Maneri does not have a job at the end of the season. I don't think. I think they fire him. Um, if I'm if I'm LSU, I think they probably go Cliff Godwin to try and replace him. But you know. It is what it is. It's LSU. I'm not rooting for them. Um, I, I do want to see what they can do, though, because you know, every year it feels like there's this LSU magic where they kind of pull it out no matter what, and it just hasn't been there this year. They haven't really done it this year. Yeah, they're, they're going to need um, some strong-ass magic if they want to turn this around. Yeah, you know, Alex Box magic's been a thing my entire life, and then this year it's just been nothing. Um, State-Auburn is also a good good matchup. Cody, I know you mentioned that. Um State hasn't impressed me, really. And I know, again, I'm going to regret saying that because there's going to be some magic in Stark Vegas. But they haven't really impressed me as much either. I'm curious to see what they do against Auburn. You know, an Auburn team that Ole Miss swept, an Auburn team that gave Arkansas fits, and that's a pun. Um, <laughs> it's like it. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to see Fitz pitch again. I think I assume you're going to see Fitz pitch this weekend. I hope he's back. Um, I hope so, too. I would like to see a sweep there. Um but those are, those are the three matchups I'm going to be paying attention to outside of Ole Miss, Arkansas, because I'll be there in that mob of people Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I was going to say, I think that there's some like anti-voodoo working against the magic in Baton Rouge, and it happened after Joe Burrow lifted that national championship trophy because everything over there is kind of s- seemingly gone pretty downhill um, for the past ba- you know, Basketball? Year. I mean, yeah, besides basketball, they but had like a decent season, yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, like a lot of 
stuff still keeps coming out about Will Wade, you know, just the overall temperature of that program. You know, it just seems like there's a there's a black cloud approaching pretty quickly in Baton Rouge. So what Earl is saying is that LSU made a deal with the devil for a national championship, Absolutely. and now they're paying for it. That, that black cloud needs to descend quicker. I'm getting impatient. Yeah. <laughs> We've been waiting on this for, for but many, But they make many the NCAA years. and the conference money, so it's nothing's going to happen to them, guys. you got to remember yeah. that. Oh, what? I, I would that. like to say I would make that same deal with the devil for a national championship. Okay. At Satan. I hope you heard that. Hugh Freeze was close. Hugh Freeze was close. Yeah, he was too Christian for it. He wouldn't have made a deal like that. You need to get into the details of that. Uh, See, Coach O had made. the Cajun voodoo in his blood. He didn't have to like give up anything for it. It was just already seeming through his veins. So he, he probably just probably called his grandma. Actually, he probably just called his grandma and was like, "Hey, I need you to help me out here." He probably like, asked for forgiveness from God, and the devil's like, "The f- did he say?" And then that's how <laughs> the deal happened. Okay, uh, hey uh, God, forget forgiveness, please. Where's my deal at? Except it sounded like, and the devil's like, now that's my language. That's me right there. I can't speak Cajun. Um, all right, so overall, we're what? A little bit past the midway point in the season. Um, not sure if we totally did this. I know um, I was still a little bit uh, behind about the last episode and a half. But overall, I wanted to touch base on kind of, you know, mid-season uh, standouts, disappointments, and... Overall, what needs to happen or be improved upon so that we go pretty deep either in the tournament or you know get to a super regional, potentially also Omaha. Um, so, Randy, overall, what are you impressed with so far? Disappointed in and you know overall the uh, the whole shebang. I am impressed with Gunnar Hoagland, and I know I, I beat that. I've been beating that drum since the beginning of this podcast, and some of it is that I'm a big fanboy of Gunnar. Been a big fan of his since freshman year. But I've been really impressed with him this year. He's kind of lived up to the hype. He's been dominant. He's given you really good outings every time. And really impressive. I was impressed with Tim Elko leading up into his injury. He had, you know, he started out a little slow, like seven games into the year. You know, we had people calling for him to be dropped out of the lineup, and then he kind of went crazy. Um, I was impressed by that. Um, Nikhazy, I've been impressed with him. I called for, you know, early in the season I called for a fall-off from him. But outside of his injury, he's been really good. And, I mean, injury, he can't help that. That's just something that happens. Um, disappointment. Uh, I've been disappointed in Derek Diamond a little bit. He has been worse than he should be. Uh, he was better last year. He's fallen off just a little bit. I need to see more out of him. Um, I've been a little disappointed in Shotton Gay after he came back from his injury. He hasn't played the same. He hasn't played as well. Um Again, you can't take him out of the lineup. He's too good of a you know he's good good in the field, good to play. It just hasn't been enough for me yet. Um, been disappointed with JRP's ability to read a ball off the bat. Um, <laughs> you would think oh, you would think you. all those you would think all those wide receiver drills he runs he would learn how to do that, but he hasn't. Um, so to make this an Omaha team, I need to see more out of Derek Diamond. I need to see. Shot and Yay bring it up just a little bit. You ain't gotta break you ain't gotta set the world on fire. Just improve a little bit. Um I need to see a little bit more out of the deep bullpen too. Outside of Broadway, Mallets, Chofi, and Miller, you know, the bullpen's been really shaky. And I know that's four arms. That's four arms there. But I wanna see give me two more. Give me two more really good arms. And I'm good. I mean McDaniel and Kimbrell have been good, but they're starting midweeks now. I wanna see Chofi <clears throat> get better. I mean, he, he had a bad showing on Monday against a bad team. I know he just came back from injury, but 
he's only had two appearances, and I'm not convinced that he's going to be back full force yet. I'd be a little worried about him. I give him an excuse. I give him an excuse because he was injured, but yeah. yeah. I'm a little torn between uh, who I want to pick as far as freshmen go. I'm going to stick with Jacob Gonzalez. Um, he's had an incredible year. I mean, I, I think we kind of overlook it a little bit because the offense overall is really good, but the fact that you have a freshman shortstop hitting 310 right now and with some pop to his bat, that's impressive. If I remember right, Errol Robinson, I think, hit 300 his freshman year and then had a fall off his sophomore year, maybe even a little bit his junior year. He didn't have the pop, though. And Greg Kessinger hit 175 his freshman year. And here we have this kid hitting 310 right now with some pop in his bat. He plays really good defense, um, in my opinion. He's really exceeded what I thought. He, I was expecting a high 200, 290s, maybe. Um, he's done really well for me. And on the other side... Um, I'm disappointed, and I knew Kale Baker was going to have a, a down slide a little bit this year just from the, the excitement of last year and all the home runs and everything. Um, I kind of thought BVC would step into that role a little bit. He hasn't done it, so just kind of a combined effort from those two because what we really need, at least for me, I think, is one of those guys to step up or another freshman somehow to step up because we got to have a, a sixth, seventh hitter in the lineup. Um, and I really, it should come from those, one of those two guys. The, the role is there. It's wide open now, especially with Elko out. I think, I think we really need one of those guys to step up. And I think they're capable too. I mean, they take a lot of walks. They, they are swinging at bad stuff. That's frustrating to see, but they both got some pop in the bat. So hopefully that's something that can get remedied here uh, quickly as we reach the end of the season. Yeah. And Cody, um, same questions to you. Uh, so impressed with, uh, other than the obvious Gunnar Hoagland and um, Doug Nikhazy, my number one is going to be Gonzalez because obviously he's stepped up and been huge as a freshman. But number two is what the one that triggers everybody because they were always all over his nuts saying, Bench sucks. Justin Bench is a baller, and I am very impressed with him. That, that guy's a stud. And uh, a woman. <laughs> and a woman. <laughs> um, another one I've been disappointed in, though, is uh, Braden Forsyth. I, I, I expected him to step into a big role and be a big, be a good uh, relief pitcher for the weekends, and he just has not. He hasn't even been good that great during uh, midweeks. I kind of need him to step up and be one of those middle relief guys that helps us go to Omaha. And Joey, same question. Yeah. You. Um, overall, I think my biggest likes this year have been so far the pitching, just the pitching core as a whole. I know we've had some, a few hiccups here and there between some other relief pitchers, but overall the starting three, you know, you, no complaints, Gunnar Hoagland, Doug Nikhazy, there's no complaints. I have liked seeing all the beer showers. That's a lot of fun to be in back. You know, it feels like we're back again. Is Ole Miss sports back? Biggest question you can ask. Um, and who I think Randy was the one that talked about Peyton, you know, not being the same since he came back from his injury. My question would be, do you think he's playing reserved because of the injury? Like, you know, he didn't want to hurt himself again. He's still kind of recouping from the injury. But another thing I've liked to see is, I know y'all like Gonzalez, but I think uh, McCants has been my favorite freshman. So, I, I mean, I think I'm looking at the stats right now, 21 hits over – 27 28 games um that's just that's awesome like there's no no complaints there either and i think he's going to turn out to be a pretty big stud and a big contribution to the team going forward 
Yeah, your, your point on Shotney, yeah, I do think he's playing a little bit reserved just because I've seen him standing on the side, not the sideline, standing over the dugout. I got my sports mixed up. Thank you, JRP. Um, <laughs> I've seen him standing over by the dugout before, kind of walking around. He looks a little gimpy. He's still he got a little hitch in his step. I think he's still a little bit sore, probably still feeling it a little bit. But he's, you know, you know he's trooping through it. He's fighting through it and playing. Um, so I'm not putting too much blame on him. He's he's not sitting out half the year to re, you know rest up a hamstring. So, yeah, it is what it is. You hope it improves. You hope it gets better as time goes on now that you're in the meat of your schedule. So I, I forgot to mention my dislikes, but my two biggest dislikes, just overall, BBC and Kale. Like, what is going on with those guys, man? Just our two biggest designated hitters, and they can't even seem to hit a ball. I don't know. But complaint with uh, – my biggest complaint overall, I guess it just has to do more with coaching than playing, but – why would we choose to play Elko in a midweek game that we're winning? Like, how many ever? I think it was like thirteen to four at the time. Like, why was he even batting? Why would why would we even risk hurting him when we were up by nine runs? That's my biggest question that has come from everything that happened this week. I mean, all things considered, that was also just a very freak injury. He... No doubt, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you run the risk anytime you do it, and it's like, why are we not giving some freshmen a chance to play? And you know. I don't know. Yeah. But it's also hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, you're going to, oh, well, if we knew he was going to get hurt, we he wouldn't have been playing. It, it was just the fourth inning, though. Yeah, and I was going to say, the thing on that is, you know, similar like uh, how I brought up the, you know, when he comes back, is he going to actually be effective due to the fact that he's going to be out for so long? So, meaning, you know, why is he in, in the fourth inning in a midweek game? I mean, just constantly to see at-bats, see pitches, you know, continue to stay in rhythm. Um, I know, you know, college is definitely different than majors, but it's like sometimes you see in the majors, you know, when that team sweeps in the playoffs, uh, you know, another team pretty quickly and they have, you know, a week layoff waiting for the other team. They're a little rusty whenever they come back, um, every once in a while. So it's just kind of baseball is such a timing sport that, you know, seeing him, you know, play more often than not, you know, might help. So, Either way, but um, no, I agree with you guys. TJ McCants, I think, would overall be the you know, big spark plug for what he's done, especially of recent. Um, I mean, basically from Alabama through now, he's basically been on a pretty solid tear um, with one rough game against Florida. Uh, disappointed in so far. I think the guys that I had as my top picks for best walkout song have pretty been have pretty much been pretty disappointing. I know BBC was on that list. Uh, I think Knox LaPoster was on that list. Um, there are a few others that, you know, I don't think that are uh, doing so hot right now. And uh, overall, what needs to happen, improve for the rest of the season, um, just kind of, you know, keep it together. Uh, it's overall seemed, you know, we were talking about we've had injuries at the beginning of the year we had you know something kind of in the middle and now we have something now you know just past the halfway point so at the end of the day being able to keep it all kind of together continue to take series you know just 2-1 um don't get swept ourselves maybe sweep a few and all that kind of stuff uh, be able to you know just keep it together and get into a you know a regional format and then we'll you know see who our best arms are at the time uh but other than that anybody else have anything tonight randy it's a race to 18 and 12 in conference. Get to 18 and 12, you're a national seed. You're 7 and 2. You have a chance to be 9 and 3 or 10 and 2 after this weekend, best case scenario. Just get to 18 and 12. I don't care how you do it. Doesn't matter. Just get to 18 and 12. Uh, so I was going to add that I found 
just for y'all's information, it's every participating student athlete gets an extra year. So they retain their year from last year is how it works. So, yes, we could see Kemp six years in Oxford after a redshirt year. And that so it might confuse some people, too, because the TV, the TV and the Internet does this as well. They list the player based off their true class. So if you look at, like, Chatagnier is listed as a sophomore. That doesn't mean he doesn't get the extra year. It means after his senior year, he can exercise his fifth year. And so the NCAA has asked teams to put their true class on there. So it doesn't look like you have a team full of freshmen, and they're all sophomores. No, it makes sense. But no, any, anybody else have anything else? Uh... Go softball. <laughs> you have a, a fill-in report on that? Um, I've been watching softball a little bit. They played LSU last weekend. I believe they dropped the series two, uh, two games, two games, three, two out of three games. They won one. Um, the, uh, the softball team's low-key playing pretty well. Um, started the year off a little rocky. Had some losses they shouldn't have, like UAB. Then they went on a tear where they won. I think it was like eight or nine games in a row. Swept state to start conference play. Then they got swept by Arkansas. It happens. Um, and then they, you know, they played, I think, Georgia after that. I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'm off the top of my brain here. And they played LSU last weekend. I watched. Yeah, they played Georgia, then LSU. Who are they playing this weekend, Kyle? I, I looked at it earlier and I forgot now. I'm not sure who it is this weekend. I do know, unless they won last weekend, State started SEC play 0-9. <laughs> yeah, they, they, weren't, they were not good. <laughs> I saw that um, at the bottom. I was like, woo! <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing with softball. Softball is like, it's really evenly spread out. So if you're bad, you're really bad in the SEC. Um, Ole Miss plays South Carolina this weekend in Oxford. Um, I don't know anything about South Carolina softball. I'm not going to pretend that I do. So let's go, girls. Sweep them. I don't know. Let's get a series. Screw it. Do it. And we're sweet. Let's sweep. Oh, and please stop doing the fence up on home runs. (laughs) Eh, I don't care. They're having fun. (laughs) How electric the t- apparently the men's tennis games, like the men's tennis matches, have been electric as f- like apparently they let you bring beer and Sundays like people that. just go to the tennis games and get hammered. I don't know. Are the tennis it's, matches? It's been that way for a while. Games, but I just didn't realize like apparently it's, up it's until un- recently that apparently our tennis men like. Shower. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just constant. I guess every time they uh, get a good volley going, people beer shower. I don't really know how you beer shower for <laughs> tennis, but I don't know. It's an ace. Each, it seems <laughs> like fun, though. At the same time, they, usually, uh, they also have some pretty good like giveaways or reasons to show up. I think they usually do like a crawfish boil or something like that. I know at least some of the games they do crawfish. I don't know if it's like midweek thing or you know, on the yeah. weekends, whatever, but yeah. They've been doing that for a while. I remember, like, when I was an undergrad, like, a lot of people would go to tennis matches because you could bring beer. They would do the crawfish boil every once in a while. It was kind of a fun atmosphere. It's really laid back. Um, I don't know about the beer showers. That seems like a lot of beer being wasted. If you're doing every ace or every volley or every set win, that seems like a lot of beer. Um, maybe every game you win. <laughs> do it maybe that like way. A half or every slice, match. Just like a real quick. Yeah. <laughs> spit little, it, like, like put it in your mouth and spit it out. Yeah. Just spit it out everywhere. I do love how we're all saying game when we're talking about tennis. Like it shows that we know absolutely nothing about tennis. <laughs> I know Wimbledon. I think that's in August. That's all I know. Hey Earl, we we didn't do we didn't do Masters. I was just picks. gonna ask. Literally about to come off my lips. Do we want to talk about the Masters for a second? I mean, sure. If you guys want to make some Masters picks, Jordan Spieth. Kyle's pretty much. Just, yeah, I'll just go ahead and start it off. It's Jordan Spieth. 
Jordan Spieth's coming. Uh, all right, well, yeah, no, no, no. Let's, let's go around real quick. Uh, all right, Joey, so who's your pick for the Masters? Jordan Spieth. No questions asked. Jordan Spieth. He's back. Randy? He is back. Jordan Spieth is back. I love Spieth. I don't know if he's back yet. I'm going Dustin Johnson. Um, I, it's usually always my go-to. It feels like we did this last year, though. Did they do the Masters late last year? Yeah, yeah they did in, uh, like, November, October, November. September, we October? We did it on one of the early episodes, yeah. 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 Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I remember doing it on the podcast when we started the like, show in like, September. I remember talking shit about somebody and like had no clue. He's like, I just don't like this guy. I don't like his name or something like that. Like, <laughs> Kyle, you're yeah, my pick's Justin Johnson. I, I'm not picking anybody. My pick's in the hospital. I don't have anybody. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, pick no, Bryson. <laughs> Did y'all see that video of pick Bryson, Bryson and VJ Singh on the, uh, on the driving range? Yeah. He was talking shit on VJ Singh was talking shit on Bryson DeChambeau, and he's like, "You're not hitting it hard enough." So he just started like swinging for it, I and VJ is just standing there like, "Huh," and just got him mad. It was pretty funny. Just trying to throw control the out. Yeah, Cody, get pick? him real hurt before the uh, before the um, match. I'm going Justin Thomas. I like that one. I was gonna say I think it's 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 gonna be one of the spring break boys, uh, either Spieth or Thomas. I think this year. Um, Whatever happened to Smiley Kaufman? Man, he dude, just he like, has just an awesome vibe. Like, the way he carries his, himself is his awesome. Wrist and just kind of yeah, just never could get it back. Um, but I mean, to make a hard pick, I'm gonna go Justin Thomas as well. I think that's a that's a solid one. Spieth winning this past week. I don't know if he's gonna go back to back. Dustin Johnson going back to back at the Masters. It's a little tough pick too, but we'll see. Yeah, back know, to back, baby. Fun. It'll be a great weekend to lay on the couch and just enjoy some uh, Jim Nance and and uh, basically the only sporting event going on for the moment. Stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be in the intro. That's going to be in the intro. All right, this, this video. Not yet. I haven't. It's on my queue. You're going to laugh your ass uh, off. <laughs> oh, no. This. Oh my god. Oh, is that is that Brandon Johnson? I don't know who it is. It's just Somebody kill him. Oh, I, say that. I, say, I hate that cheer, man. I hate that cheer. Dude, I don't know if it's a cheer or if or it's Brandon. like a hog call a contest. No, it's I think it's a competition. Like some guys like you know, yeah, who can call the best haul? Like, you know, I don't know. No, but yeah, the no, one, like, the dude with the, I might stick my dick in the mashed potatoes with the t- the big one, Bush. That is just, that's a vibe right there. I mean, I'm not, like, I hate Arkansas, <laughs> but sticking your dick in a pot of mashed potatoes with a big one, Bush, that's just an unbeatable vibe. Other than that, it's great to be back. Kyle, again, thank you very much for all your help and keeping this ship running past few weeks. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick, we do have a new fishing report for uh, Lake Sardis for all the fishermen out there. If you're looking for a largemouth bass, they're moving from major creek arms up into the creeks and smaller coves. Fish soft plastics, spinner baits, buzz baits, or bladed jigs near any cover. And if you're looking for the catfish, fish worms or stink baits in the rivers or creeks, if there is any rainfall runoff, otherwise fish various natural baits on rod and reel, noodles, or trot lines over newly flooded flats. So there you go. There's the Bait Shack fishing report for Lake Sardis this week. 
Randy. <laughs> here's a here's a fun idea. If you send us a picture of you holding a fish in a bait shack t-shirt, we will make you the preview image for the next podcast. Done. This is always possible. And you know what? We'll even start small. If you just have a koozie or a sticker right now, we'll, we'll do that too. <laughs> we may even tag you in it. Yeah. We might oh, actually we'll send you, well, and then we'll send you a t-shirt for it too. But uh, but no, as always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Bait Shack. If you have any fresh bait voicemails, give them to us at 662-314-6533. As always, thanks guys, and we'll catch you guys on Monday night. Since uh, since you guys are clapping, can I can I get a clap like a steady clap like?